So you guys, we are here. Big crowd of people. Lots of people out here watching today. <laughs> um, we're in the Ag Expo building in Great Falls, Montana at the Treasure State Truck Show 2023. That's a big deal because this is the first time they brought the truck show into the city. It's prior to this been way out in the country, out in the sticks. I know all of Montana seems like the sticks to most of you, but uh, we're here now and actually like here, here in a, in a legitimate city of Montana. Is this the truck show that used to be in Fort Benton? It is. Yep. Someone was asking about that. And I said, I think it's two different ones. No, this is the one. How wrong I was. How wrong you were. So we, we've been kind of wanting to get it in here, but it was a little cost prohibitive because of the fairgrounds. You know, it's, it's cost a little pretty penny to get in here. But uh, being in Great Falls, we're, I mean, more people coming in the door. So good for these guys. There is some background noise. We'll see how that how this have, turns yeah, out. I have no idea. All, all, I can say this. Typically, when you watch like a YouTube episode or something of somebody at a truck show, you doing interviews, you can hear nothing. But they're kind of just open general phone recorder interviews. So... Well, let's see what happens. We'll see. We'll the see. one that's going to be interesting is they've got a, a pretty fancy Harley motorcycle over there that just... It's like a transformer or something. It starts <laughs> talking really loudly. <laughs> About every 10 minutes, they do a little demo. They got an audio, uh, like an audio deal. Uh, you know, like back in the day, they used to put subwoofers and everything, good speakers. Then I feel like cell phones and Bluetooth and all that. It's like not a thing anymore, is it? No, it's still a thing. Is it a thing? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, throughout the course of this episode, basically what we're, uh, what we're looking at, we're kind, of, kind of putting in some of our, our typical stuff, but it's a little bit of a special treat today because we are around a few of my cohorts. And so uh, we're going to bring in uh, two or three different, different guests onto the show, kind of get the rundown and how they, uh, I guess, how they're connected to steady at the wheel a little bit. Why didn't you introduce your, your guest? The first one up, you guys, we've brought to the stage here. Uh, this is Keith Williams. Keith, welcome in. Thank you. Well, it's a little weird to hear yourself first time. You got the headphones on and everything's all like, well, yeah, right? Yeah. First podcast ever. So. <laughs> first time. Excuse me. Keith has been a, you've been a loyal, faithful though, to steady at the wheel. From, oh yeah. From forever. From day one. So you guys, Keith, Keith and I work together. We, uh, we work together. He's hauled cattle with me. Uh, has pulled one of my trailers for for quite a few years, and I told Keith that I would um, work him a little deal on his trailer rent that if he would kind of start listening and help support boost our listenership up a little bit, that I would take a few percent off of his uh, his trailer rental. So he he of course took me up on that right away. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Keith, uh, you and I met. Did you figure out how many years ago it was? I think it was 2018, I think. Was it 2018? Believe, yeah, okay. Summer of 2018. So it doesn't seem like that long ago. I mean, what's that, five years ago? Yeah. yeah. But the miles and the miles and the smiles. Yeah, smiles. All the smiles. From, uh, from then until now is many, is many. In the millions, I would say, <laughs> it feels like. Well, maybe not that many, but. <laughs> but pretty good. So you guys, I just want to give you a little background about Keith. I want to give you, let him talk about his background a little bit. Essentially, I kind of want to learn from these guys how they're connected to the trucking business and why Keith's a little bit of a unique situation because he's not full-blown, full-time commercial over-the-road truck driver. Right? Yeah. No. So what, what's your deal, Keith? What, uh, give us a little background. Uh, well, I uh, farm over in Big Sandy and uh, was just getting started uh, farming. Uh, took out a beginning farmer pro loan from... Because uh, in 2018... How old were you in 2018? 
You were 20. I was just 21. I was 21. just fresh 21. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the first. Yeah. So I was a little naturally a little nervous and I'm not sure how we got in first touch. Do you remember? Oh, I uh, was trying to polish my truck myself. Oh, and, yes. Uh, I right. posted on Instagram. I was having trouble. It was just turning my tank black. It just would not shine up at all. Uh-huh. And Jay uh, commented on one of my photos that uh, we'll bring it down to the shop, you know, and we'll, 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 we'll get her polished out. And I think it was a couple months later, but I finally reached out to him and, and said, uh, uh, you don't, well, can we do that? And he said, yeah, sure. So, was it an aluminum tank? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Were you polishing with wood? Yeah, trying now. Because <laughs> no. my experience is when you polish the one with the wood, things usually someone's face turns black. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it was. Did you hear that podcast episode where we talked about that kid? We were on the with Missouri. James on the river. We we're on that river I trip know, I on think the I Missouri. That one, yeah. So he uh, maybe I don't huh. remember it. Your trailer lease might be going back up. <laughs> well, I don't think it matters anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were. We were on a, a, a canoe trip on the Missouri River a number of years back. In the last day of it, there were three canoes, and we were kind of spread out, probably a quarter mile or oh. so between every canoe. And uh, at the end of the day, we kind of grouped back up, and one of the guys with us, we hadn't seen him all day, and he jumped out of the canoe, and his face was like from the top of his head. I mean, the forehead yeah. down to his chin. His whole face was like silver, like the Tin Man. <laughs> and we couldn't figure out like what how in the yeah. world did your face turn silver out on the river yeah so that's that's essentially what keith's whole fuel tank yeah. looked like his whole tank looked like james's face yep with the aluminum dust just well all over. so what what we realized is when you're you're uh paddling a lot of times you'll drag your paddle along the edge oh, of the canoe yeah. yep. and this canoe had a, a little aluminum rail and he had a wooden paddle and so his hand was rubbing on there and then it was hot. He was sweating. He'd wipe his face. <laughs> he was wiping his yeah. face with that aluminum dust. Yeah. So, yeah. So Keith, it was Instagram. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, I didn't even know who you were. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, Keithard. And we brought it down and uh, you got it polished up for me and you sent me a tech. I went to a wedding while you did it. You know, I just left you. With oh, the, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Left you left us all for, work. for yeah. a bit, for yeah, a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. And I came back and, and uh, I think you'd mentioned, uh, Oh, you sent me a picture. Said, "Man, this truck could sure look good in front of a cattle pot." <laughs> yeah, so we talked about it. On so, the back. so you guys, for those of you out there that don't realize, when you're 21 years old, Keith Keith just went straight in. First truck that he buys is a 379 long nose Peterbilt. Just oh, know, oh yeah, straight still in. got the oh, same one. Good, yeah, it's still the same one. I got a good story about that truck though when I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> true. So hang on to that. Yeah. Keith comes down, he just jumps right in, and he's 21 years old, Montana, and every Montana ag man dream is, you know, cattle trailers, cattle trucks, and uh, so I did him a little dirty. I think I'm, did I even go park it next to the trailer? I think I parked it by the trailer and made a, I didn't hook it up to the trailer, but you I- You parked I, right in front of it. I, I feel like, like I backed up. I backed under it a little yeah, bit yeah, or something yeah. and teased him and was just like, what do you think about hooking onto one of these? And of course, the rest became <laughs> <Okay>. history. <laughs> So, and so Keith's a great example of a lot of people wonder how to get into cow hauling. Keith didn't have any cattle experience to speak of. You know, you've been to some brandings and been around. Some, oh, I, I, yeah, I, I suppose yeah, know, that'd be about, but, but not like I was born and raised with cattle and sorting cattle and working at the, you know, and, and he's an example of someone that came in, you know, put your mind to it. And learned, and now you're like one of the old, yeah. just one of the old handlers. 
Yep, yep. One, <laughs> one of the boys. So uh, share with me this the story that came to mind of your uh, oh, the, your truck. So the truck I uh, I had uh, bought it when I was eighteen. You were eighteen yeah. when you bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd had it for several years before, and okay. uh, it was in Oklahoma City, oh. and I flew down to Oklahoma City. At eighteen, you flew down. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I shouldn't the sound share of this. No, no, no. Statute of limitations. <laughs> you've, you've learned anything from this podcast. Yeah. The statute of limitations is is gone on all this stuff. Okay. So. Well, so yeah, I, I flew down there. Uh, I bought the truck from I think it was MacT Truck Sales down there, used truck lot, and, and uh, uh, it was a real flashy truck. You know, nice bright red paint job, nice big old stacks, yeah. and just polished wheels just caught me and, and, uh, I didn't know a ton about trucks. So, oh yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I don't think anybody, I don't think anyone could go out about their first truck and say that thing was just, I mean, <laughs> what a gem. Yeah. it was like, everyone's like, Oh, I learned a lot of hard lessons mm-hmm. from my first truck yeah. that I bought. Yeah. And, uh, so buy it, sign all the paperwork, shake the man's hand and go out the door and get my truck and start headed down the interstate in, uh, Oklahoma city. And I get, two or three miles away from the dealership. And here's, here's just, let me interject this real fast. You can't drive out of state unless you're 21 years old. Yeah, you're not supposed to. So this is why Keith was a little worried about the statute of limitations. He's going pure outlaw, driving this thing home. From day one. It's 1,800 miles <laughs> down to Oklahoma City, day yeah. one. All right, so you get away from the dealership. You get two, like two or three miles away from the dealership, and I feel a pop, and then the, the truck like sags over to the side. And I get out and I look, and the front wheel is like smoking because the wheel bearing it just gave out of it. Yeah. Oh no. And I call the guy. I said the the uh, the I think the wheel bearing just went out of this truck, and luckily he was he was nice about it. You know, he didn't. Well, don't don't call me. But he uh he said, oh, well, you think you can make it back to the shop? And I said, Fuck, I could try, I, I guess. And so I keep going, and, and I get to the on ramp, and I go across the interstate and come back down, and. Uh, there's people waving at me because there's a smoke rolling out of my wheel. Your enough. truck's like, yeah, whoa, pretty much whoa, like whoa. I mean, at any point in time, this wheel could have fell off the truck. Yeah. Oh, and I asked the guy when he said, can you make it back to the, the shop? I said, well, you give me my truck or my check back. The wheel falls off this thing. He goes, yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, okay. So anyways, I get, they end up calling a wrecker and I get as far as I can. And they call a wrecker and haul it the rest of the way back to the shop. I spent two days in Oklahoma City waiting for him to fix because they had to put a new spindle on it the was axle. Toast, toast. Yeah, the whole okay. thing. And uh, the guy paid for it all, which was really nice. So, I mean, he, he sold me kind of a lemon of a truck, but at least he kind of stood He knows. It. He's like, I just made probably $20,000 profit off this kid. Yeah, felt real bad for I can me. afford to put a wheel bearing on there <laughs> for him. So, and then, oh, I get spending the two days there, I... I uh, he gives me a shop pickup to run around Oklahoma city with. And I stop at probably one of the, uh, probably the, one of the less nicer Taco Bells in downtown Oklahoma city oh. and, uh, end up getting food poisoning there and <laughs> try to drive home. And I make it about 200 miles a day to, while this stuff is working it out of my system because I just, I can't even hardly sit down. And I mean, I'm stopping every, you know, 20 miles to just let it go. And uh, let what go? <laughs> you want you want that on your podcast? That, but, oh man! Um, so I finally make it home, and yeah, I had trucker path is how I got around all the scale houses and stuff. So made it home, made it back. Yeah. So then, so, so eighteen years old, had you graduated high school? No, no, I hadn't graduated yet. 
what were you, did you just tell your parents, Hey, I'm going to go grab this truck in Oklahoma city. And they were like, yeah, see ya. Or did you sneak out or what was the, yeah, no, I, I had very supportive <laughs> parents. They're like, okay. Yeah. I think, I think my mother paid for my plane ticket down there. Oh, and that's uh, cool. Yeah. Did you take cash down with you to pay for this truck? Uh, no, I had my mother's credit card. So gotcha. yep, like say, I asked supportive. about the cash. <laughs> There's been a couple news articles I've seen lately where people have, traveled with a huge chunk of cash and they've been detained at the airport and their cash has been taken away and they're in multi-year lawsuits trying to get their cash back there's some weird you're not even supposed to like travel at all with like over twenty thousand dollars in your oh there's some weird thing where they can take your cash even with if you're not charged with anything and shown innocent there's some weird some just i meant to say those articles that talk about it one One of them, it sounds like the guy was doing some drug dealing and he was trying to say he was going to buy a semi, but another guy legitimately was going to buy a semi and had all his money taken. He's like, look, this is, this is my trucking business. I'm going to buy this truck. I bought a cab over in Sacramento. I took $12,000 cash. Oh, there you go. It wasn't, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) I didn't think of it at all. Yeah. That's that's apparently a thing now. (laughs) I should clarify. I had a, a check pay for the truck but i had a credit card to get home oh god okay yes. so yeah. okay guys i think everybody out there was going oh, you put a truck on your I mom's agree. credit card <laughs> yeah a whole truck yeah no she need she needed those those points, those points, right. those yeah. points. miles man <laughs> headed to hawaii so so we'll fast forward keith i wanted you to share this one story before you go uh, a couple more things i want to first of all i want uh i want to share i want you to share with everybody why you started trucking why did you start hauling cows aside from like the coolness and this is great <laughs> there was actually a business reason behind doing this at, at 21 years old yeah yeah i farm in big sandy and and like i said i had uh, just gotten a, a farmer's a beginning farmer's loan and so i had loans to pay for and and i uh, i needed the money so uh-huh. the the truck i had bought originally just to haul grain around big sandy with but as it you find out that there's really not that much money to be hauling local grain around. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, getting into cows was, was a real game changer for me. So you, you recognize it as a tool to, you could say subsidize, I guess, yourself subsidizing yeah. the, your farming operation, mm-hmm. which was pretty sizable. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, well, at the time, it was, my grandfather was still farming. So that was his own deal. And I had... I don't know. I probably leased a thousand acres or something. At like. Twenty-one years old. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. sizable, man. Yeah. I mean, in, in the area, it's it's, it's nothing. It's in, nothing. In, but, in terms of a dry. But land. in the country, I suppose. Yeah. Someone. There's probably a farmer out there that's going, "Holy cow, a thousand acres." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we don't. We don't grow up 200 bushel corn. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but it, it it was always impressed me, and that's why I was so drawn to you. Is as I got to know you, and you know, man, this guy's young. He's got this truck, and. You can't polish aluminum with the darn, <laughs> but he's willing to work and go. And so uh, you, as you've gone on, it's blown my mind how you've kind of gotten beyond maybe needing, totally needing every dollar that the truck brings in, but you've continued to push through, you know, and have used that as a way to just really make your operation so much more financially stable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I've, at the end of the year when I'm, get all my books caught up and, and uh, take it to the account. And I'm always looking at the numbers and going, this can't be right. I, there's no way I made this much money. Well, not bragging or anything, well, but no, it's like, but it's true with yeah, chucking. I it, mean, it, it helps you, so much that, that, yeah. uh, you know, the farming takes care of itself. And you just got whatever you got left over from trucking to yep. you know, 
take care of you and the yeah. rest of it. So it it just impresses how much how much equipment's you know quote unquote that the trucking can pay for yeah. or spray yeah. or we you know I just, just can't so I, like my mind is just spinning in all of the ways that you could um have more money if you got a fuel efficient truck. <laughs> I knew this was coming. Yeah, well, you can you can sit here and make fun of me all you want, but I'm not getting rid of my Keith, feet. So. Keith will never. I have for for the last three years since I've had my Cascadia, I've been mm-hmm. like, I even had him drive it one time. We you remember that? Oh God! <laughs> I made I made a switch because I was like, I want to see what it was like to drive a, a Peterbilt again. You know. So I get in his truck and I'm like, whoa, it's so tight, and like I can barely squeeze in between the seats. You know, get in and. Keith's on the radar. What? If, this is the weirdest thing I've ever. The he's driving like all hundred RPM. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, trying to get everything in gear. Yeah. So we went about twenty miles, and he's like, "Oh, I think I'm. I think I had my experience. I think I'm ready to switch back." <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll share. We'll share this last story. This was Keith's first story of his. This was the first trip. Wasn't yeah, it? very first very trip, first trip uh, out the mm-hmm, gate, yeah. and it was a little bit. It was nerve wracking for me for two reasons. One, because Keith's fresh, brand new, has never hauled cattle, it, but it was with my whole my whole fleet. It was mm-hmm. a big cattle deal, and I was using every single trailer and, and truck that we had available. And so there was was there five or six of us? Wasn't there? It seemed like I think there was five, seven of us. Was there seven? Yeah, that was kind of in the heyday. Yeah, so I think you're right, right at the peak. So we have these these seven loads going from Montana all the way down to Kansas. It's like twelve hundred miles or eleven hundred miles. A big run if you've never done that before. Yeah. It's a big run even if you do it normally. Yeah. So we load up, we get everything on, everything's going good, everything's going great. Keith's got his trailer, you know, he's running with all the big dogs, just out there. I mean, there's nothing more liberating and amazing to the to the soul and to the psyche than when you are just on the open freeway looking down the hood of that Peterbilt. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was back when you could afford to drive a Peterbilt. <laughs> diesel was fairly cheap. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, everything was great. Afford, yeah. And we get about, we get about halfway down there. Casper, and, Wyoming. Yeah, Casper, Wyoming. And Keith gets on the, I think maybe you called me on, this, yeah, on the phone yeah. and you're like, uh, hey, um, uh, I think I'm having some truck issues. I think, I think, I think, and everything is, I think, it's, you know, like, you know, in, in your heart, you're like, my truck is, is going to leave me high and dry here. But you're like, I think it's having issues. And I remember the way you were like, I think it might be okay. I'm like, okay, I think it's going to be fine. And that's what I'm thinking. Cause I've got the stress of all my equipment in one line going down the road together. It's not as stressful when your stuff's spread out, going different directions, <laughs> but when everything you own is in one line going down together, it's like, yeah. Oh, you know, all the tires, all the, everything. It's all, it's a lot of stuff. So, uh, what ended up happening with that truck? What was the deal? Uh, the, w- one of the injectors was wore out when the, the fuel would get hot, it'd start missing. Uh-huh. And so it run good for five hours or so till the fuel got hot, you know, and then, yeah, it'd, it'd chug and miss and it'd do all sorts of weird stuff. It'd start sputtering yeah. and yeah. So we decide, we, we all pull into the truck stop in Casper and we decide we probably better not go on because we still got another 500 miles. Yeah, it was, we were only about was, halfway. Yeah, it was a long shot. But the biggest stress of hauling cattle is what do you do with the load? Like, mm-hmm. what are we supposed to do with this load? Well, I have a buddy who we'll have on the podcast at some point someday. He's kind of a mentor of mine, actually. But we're in his town and he had just bought, he had just bought a truck for his, he had a, an oil field business. And he had just bought a little truck, his first semi that he he just stepped up from dually pickups up to a semi. So he had bought this fairly newish Peterbilt, you know, and I'm like, well, Peterbilt's Peterbilt. <laughs> and so I call this friend of mine and I'm, it's like 10 at night. And I was like, hey, we're stuck here at the truck stop. 
could I ever, could we rent your truck from you and run it to Kansas? And he's like, yeah, sure, man. He's so great with that stuff. Yeah. Jeff Clark's his name. Just, yeah, this, let's do it. So he brings this truck down and we, we get the truck switched and uh, we get going down the road, you know, we get going down the road and Keith, uh, what, what was that truck like? Do you remember? Oh, it had like a 300 horsepower Cummins in it and a 13 speed. And it was every, I think it was a 10 speed. I don't think it was, oh, even it was a, 13. a 10 speed. I think it was yeah. a 10 speed. Yeah. And it was just like, I guess, would be like trucking in the old days because every, and then Wyoming's the worst because it's up and down and up and down. And so every hill you'd come up to, you'd be going 35 at top and 90 at the bottom and 35 at the top and 90 at the bottom. Right. So the, the reason that, that these transmissions like a 10 speed is so bad is because you have to wrap the engine up so high. The RPMs as high as it'll go. And then you have to cram it into the next gear as fast as humanly possible. Because once you hit the gas again, the, the jump between gears mm-hmm. is so, so big for a, for a big load that your RPMs are back way down. And it's like, come on, come on. And sometimes you can't get under it again. You have to downshift. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just torturous. It's, it's probably the equivalent of the Ford Escort. Probably yeah. a manual four-speed Ford Escort with like six big dudes sitting in it trying to make their way to town. <laughs> I feel like Peterbilt should mark that as the, the gentleman for the gentleman trucker. <laughs> <The> gentleman trucker. <laughs> I think so. So uh, Keith got to spend the, a long night. In the, yep. And of course, I'm, I can't leave him, you know, because I'm kind of like, no man left behind. You guys, all the rest, you go on, go get yeah. your cattle unloaded. Yep. And the night drug on and on and on. And we were probably 100 miles away. Yep. And I was done. Keith was dying. Uh. He's like, hey, um, <laughs> just one more thing. You know, this has been a long and awful, strenuous, but I, I got to take a nap. I can't drive anywhere. Yeah, I couldn't make it. And, you know, of course, secretly inside, I'm like, me too, but I'm never going to say anything to him. You know, I'm like, no, I'm good to go if you want to keep going. But so we, we napped it out and we got unloaded. But the, once we got unloaded, your trip back to Casper was, that truck had all the power yeah. you, you needed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never slowed down. Never slowed down. Nothing. Just yeah, hammer down. But uh, Keith went on from there and uh, been hauling cattle for five years. Yeah, five years every, now, come, so. Comes out now every fall run. Takes advantage of that that little uh, that little hot spot in the market where mm-hmm. there's a big need for trucks, and yeah. he's done a good job. So it's worked good for me. So when did you squeeze diesel mechanic school into all this? Well, so eighteen to twenty one, I went to the two years of diesel school. And then twenty one, you started driving with Jackson right after diesel school. Yeah, I would have been pretty much right after. Yeah. Okay. And your uh, last last little thing you're doing right now is. You're overhauling that engine finally. Yeah. Yep. Overhauling my engine. And you're doing it yourself. Yep. Yep. Just has staring it been, into it. Has it been? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. It's, it's been, well, it's, it's been quite daunting. Because I think my question is, are you, are you, do you feel confident enough that you're able to enjoy the experience? Cause I, I, I just, I don't know enough myself that if I was trying to do that, I'd be just everything I did. I'd be like, I'm sure I did it wrong. <laughs> I probably just screwed the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm confident enough. I got the, the uh all the all the spec sheets and stuff on the engine so i got all the torque values and and the instructions on what you're how you're supposed to assemble it and uh yeah so i'm, I'm pretty confident that way but it is still pretty daunting because you put a lot of money into it and you'd hate for it to fire up and then immediately turn into a bucket of bolts because so. that's the big yeah and yeah. i told you how my buddy james cox Catman cox how he breaks his engine yeah. when he first starts them He's yep. like, that's the way. That's how you, how you do it. Wind her up. Just pedal. The first time you start the engine after the overhaul, as soon as the oil pressure comes up, he puts it to the floor. 
2100 RPMs and just lets it roar. And I'm like, shouldn't we eat? He's like, nope. He's like, if, we, if it's going to come apart, you want it to come apart right now. Yeah, that you is, don't want it to come apart after you're down the road. Right now is when you want it to. And you just sit there and like, oh. <laughs> so I, I, I look forward to your, uh, your first start video. Can yeah, you? that'll be good. It'll, it'll be, be fun. All over Instagram, sure. so. Well, man, I appreciate you coming in, sitting down for a minute. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me yeah, on. Keith, so. good to meet you, man. Yeah, good to meet you too. So. Do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah. Sound, yeah anytime. Okay. Heck yeah. All right. Through you too. Yeah, that's right. You guys, uh, it's funny and nowadays, this is always funny because if you told somebody this in like 2004, that most of your close associates and friends in your life are, you met on the internet. <laughs> it would be a, you, you wouldn't receive a great reception. It would be kind of weird, but uh, that's sort of the life I live in now. It seems like, as, as we mentioned with Keith, that's how Keith and I met was from Instagram. And uh, Ben and I... Did you meet your wife on the internet? <laughs> no. It's the only person I haven't met like on the, the internet. One, the one person you're like, one person not in my life as your wife. not from the cyber uh, waves. It's <laughs> my wife. So, um, so this is Ben Palmer, currently residing in Oregon. What? Where, Does, were you, where were you born at? I forget. I was born in Oregon, but both my boys, the two knuckleheads over there, they were born in Helena. Okay, that's Wait, right. Is this 406 Garage? 406. Yeah. Right here. Now, okay. I, full circle. <laughs> full circle. So the 406 Garage, if you watch my YouTube channel, there's a video and stuff. We talk about it. 406, obviously, you guys know. We know what 406 is. My kids are born in Montana, so that's always been home. Yep. Uh, we reside there now for a story that would take way longer than this podcast has. But in a nutshell, you're in Oregon now. You were in Montana for a large period of time. Yep. Kind of has your heart. Yep. Love Montana. We'll be back in just under four years. We'll be living here permanently again. We'll be back. I do technically have an address here and my my phone number is Montana number still, but yeah, you know how that goes. Yep. So and 406 for everyone is the area code for Montana. Yep. Right. Your website, which we'll get into, is something I keep my wife away from. I don't let her know it exists. That's probably good. <laughs> because yeah. what you do is she'd end up spending a lot of money on. So I, I want to meet her. I, can we do, can and we she's going to listen to this podcast. So she's going to hear she's it. Gonna and then she's going to, yeah, yeah. She's going to be pointing out what she wants off that website real soon. Yeah. Well, let her watch the YouTube channel. Cause we have the videos and the stories of the trucks on there, which is a little bit better than just looking at pictures. You're probably going to be ending up in a situation where you don't need to even sell anything because she'll just take it all. <laughs> you, you'd be like, like, a, like a lawyer on, on retainer. Well, right? you know, right. just I've told Jackson, I'm always looking for an excuse to fill. I got a five car trailer to put behind my Peterbilt. We'll just fill it up with five trucks and bring it to your house, drop it off. <laughs> we'll, we'll grab your sheep trailer, go get some sheep down in Cascade and go haul those somewhere and then bring your trailer back you know, in a different condition and then we'll take the, <laughs> Here's the thing. and go back. How cool would your, your old school ish sheep trader look behind an international pickup? That's all re retrofitted with the new power plant. But why don't, why don't you get back before I interrupted <laughs> and, and actually <laughs> let everyone know what Ben, what we're talking about. So you guys, here's the thing. This is, so I think Ben and I had a mutual friend, uh, from Instagram, Brad, uh, Brad Jade. Uh, Brad Jade. Brad That's and I right. have been friends for 25 years now. Okay. So I started following Brad because he's an old school South Dakota cattle hauler. He's, he's not old, but he's old school at heart. Murdo, South Dakota, Murdo. for those that know. <laughs> if you've been across I-90, yeah. you've seen the giant... Uh, what style car is that? They call that uh, uh, on top of the... 
It's like the sign of Mur- anyway. I know what you're it's talking like about. It's like Cru- a Cruella de Vil. It's exactly yeah. what came to mind. Yeah, you know? it's, that's it's like Murdo. the Christine car almost. You know, the fi- the mid fifties Ford Fairlane or something. I don't know what it it's is. It's like but, that long. Yeah. And, yeah. So it's, it's what all the Derby guys want to use. So <laughs> and 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 uh, he's another one that'll come on that we'll talk old school trucking with someday when he gets back to Montana for a visit. But um. Anyway, yeah, mutual friend, and then uh, that's kind of I think where you and I came about. Yep. And uh, you have one of the most interesting, uh, I'm, I guess we can call it a profession. Yeah, your, uh, your trade, hobby turned job, hobby turned job. In that, uh, I'll do it in a nutshell. Is that you? I'm. Let's say you strictly deal with international. For the most part, 95 percent. Yep, yep. So you search the country high and low for internationals. You do. You get all these internationals, you bring them to your place, so, and then you make a decision at that point. Some of them, you tune up, freshen up, and kind of just clean and refresh and kick them back out the door. Right. Some, the other side of that would be that, and I'm curious how you decide which is which, but some of these you bring in, and this is what fascinates me, is that you're taking uh, LS series motors mm-hmm. and, and putting, so for, for those of you that are wondering, this would be like the, the motors that Chevy started using in, was it like 2000? 99. 99 yep, is when they 99 came out. 99 to 07 was the first run and then 07 okay. to 11 is the next and so, so these on. would be like the engines that go like in the Chevy Suburbans and the Tahoes and the, I mean, they have yeah, different any sizes. any Tahoe Suburban or pickup from the 90s to late 90s, 2000s, every one of them has a, Four eight, a five three, or a six zero, and they're all of the same Basically family the same thing, yeah. of, of engines. Yeah. And they, they're the one, as you guys know out there listening, they're the ones that they go four hundred thousand miles. And uh-huh. They're like an amazing engine. Yeah. And so um, Ben takes these and puts them into the old internationals. Mm-hmm. And when I first met you, I was like, oh, so then you like totally re do like redo everything and like like put a digital dashboard and all this stuff in, and you're like. No. Why would you do that? Okay. So then I need you to explain, because this is where my mind started to get blown okay. <laughs> by what you do and the stuff you found, the products out there that allow you to do this stuff. So we look for original paint, patina trucks. You okay. know, I don't like to paint stuff. Like it, I would, I run away from now. If you see my Peterbilt, you'd be like, wait a second. I thought you said, right. I thought you don't like yeah, the paint. That's the one truck that I've painted of my, the entire vehicles that I own. That's the only one. And it's a long story why I had to get painted anyway. Uh, I like original paint trucks. If they're still original, even if they have flaws and they have some primer and they have some damage, you know, I call them whiskey dents, whatever. Uh-huh. We wet sand them and polish them and bring them back to shine as good as they can, whether it's got bare spots or not. And to me, it's like it took 50 years for those scars and that paint to, for Mother Nature to make that. Why would you want to take it down to bare metal and put brand new paint back on it to make it look like anybody else's truck? Yeah. My feeling is, is like, you know, speaking from everybody, whether you're blue collar or you're wealthy or whether you're in the poor line in the reality of is anybody can write a check to get a truck fully restored. Yeah. Anybody can, if you want to go get a truck restored and you've got a checkbook and you've got enough money, you can make any truck brand new. Why not keep it really cool the way it's looked its whole life on the farm or the ranch, but just put the modern powertrain in it so you can still drive it and enjoy it. Yeah. So back to your question about the LS is I like the analog gauges international and a lot of those trucks from that age have the you know the 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 arm that just swings across for the speedo and all the gauges yeah that real analog look i like that yeah and it's very easy to just change all the sensors on the ls stuff and adapt it with a little bit of wiring a little bit of you know 
elbow grease to the original gauges. So that's what we do. So all the gauges work as proper. The Speedo runs off of the transfer case on an international. So that's irrelevant on LS because the LS is all standalone anyway with the computer. So that still works fine. The fuel sending units, same thing. They're just little floats in the gas tanks. They just go up and down and have a negative lead off of them. And when they ground out, they tell the gauge to go up or down. So it's really mm. simple. The LS basically has its own harness and ECM under the hood of the truck. And that all does its own job. And the wiring harness and the fuse block and everything for the truck, the blinkers, the horn, the heater, that's all still international. So we don't change any of that. Huh. So it's it's just integrating them together. And that LS is kind of doing its own thing under the engine compartment. Yeah. So why, nice you, thing, oh, sorry. why are you going with international versus so, old, you know, old Chevy's, old Fords or I love Chevy's, Fords, and Dodge. Everybody does. But when you go to a car show or a truck show, if you go out in that, in that truck show right now and you walk around every single semi-truck, you know how many internationals are out there? <laughs> Big old zero. Is there There's one, one out, out there? There's one cab over. Okay. Everything's a Kenworth or a Pete. Yep. Same thing in the Chevy, Ford, and Dodge world. I like to have something that nobody else has. I like to have cab overs. I'd like to have, you know, an international. I like to have, whenever I go to a cars and coffee or get, get together or something, and I drive one of my trucks. I have the only one or very few yeah. of, and I think that's cool. The other thing is, is, is I grew up in an international. So when I was a little kid, my grandpa had a 71 travel all, and we had the old car top boat. I don't know if you remember those, if you're old enough, the car top boat, you slide on top of the racks and it had two wheels on top. So you'd slide it off the back of your truck and flip it over and you'd wheel it down to the lake and then you'd go get your nine horse Johnson motor out of the back, throw it over your shoulder, <laughs> take it down the lake, <laughs> cool. bolt it on the back of your boat and go drive your boat around and then put the wheels back on, roll it up the, huh. the boat ramp and put it back on the top of your car. Look it up. You can Google huh. it. No, I had never so, <laughs> Our top boat. So we had that and then we had a 21 foot little Shasta camper and we drove the travel all and the camper and the car top boat every summer from the valley in Oregon over to central Oregon and went camping, fishing, hunting as a family my entire childhood. So I lived in the back of that travel all from diapers to teenage years. Hmm. And it, when I was in teenage years, my grandpa had passed away. My parents inherited the vehicle eight miles to the gallon. We're in the 80s. It's expensive to fix. My dad looks at me and goes, you want to drive this to high school? And I was like, no, why, why get rid of that thing? You give anything to have it back today. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was just like, yep, yeah, send it down the road. I don't need that thing anymore. I don't need that. So it went away and I'm sure it's in a scrapyard and, or it's turned into molten metal at this point. Yeah. Do you remember that old international pickup we had sitting around the feedlot forever? That like baby blue yep. flare side? Yep. Yep. And I, I described it to him. He was like, oh yeah. And I, I can't remember the model anymore, but it was the 1210 with a step side, either had a spare tire that's inside tire. the, the yeah. fender or it's underneath the back. It was inside the fender. Yeah. So oh. it's an eight, it was an eight foot bed. It had a step side and the step side beds, they put the fenders on the sides of the step side beds, but you could also get that truck in a service truck. So instead of putting the fenders on the side, they actually bolted boxes in the same bolt holes as the fenders. Hmm. I, man, that, I, that was a truck I always wanted to drive. And it, I, I was so mechanically inclined the extent of me getting that thing ever running was I, um, oh, you know, when I was in high school, everyone was getting their, you know, CD players were out now. Oh, yeah. I put in, I, I came across, I found it, I think at a pawn shop, a pioneer CD player and pine, you know, it was pioneer. And I was able to unscrew the old radio and put this pioneer radio into this truck and put the bolts in. So it would stay in the dash. 
And that was the extent of me <laughs> oh. doing anything to make this thing work. So basically a YouTube mechanic. <laughs> and I didn't even know how to, I didn't even know how to hook it? the radio up. I just was <laughs> just able put to <laughs> put it in the dash and put the two screen. <laughs> That's when oh. I realized that mechanicing was not my, uh, not my uh, natural oh, inclination. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that one would have been. That was one you kind of hold dear to your heart. You know, Whatever happened was, to that? I think it got traded in on somebody had a deal, guaranteed trade-in thing and got hauled off and traded in on. And it's mm. funny you bring up that story because an- another reason why I really like the internationals, everyone I meet that I start talking to these trucks about has a story like that. They all have my grandpa, my dad, my father, my uncle, uh, my, my dad rooster, you know, whatever it is, they're like, we had this truck and we used to haul cattle. And then, man, I, I can't believe how many times I slammed my thumb in that tailgate <laughs> and things just ripped my tail and ripped my numb off. It's funny, man. Firewood. It's, it's funny because you, you, those stories, you get that driving the cab over a little bit. And you're probably good at this in the way I feel like I've become good at it. That you, It's the same story. You're hearing the same story right. from like we just shared. You're yeah. sharing the same story from different people in a different way. So when you drive a cab over, same thing you pull in and the guy's got the same, I started and I used to drive when you, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah I've heard yeah, this story 77 times. Uh, but man. I'm so excited to tell you that you yeah. don't have the heart to yeah. be like, Hey man, I got to fuel up and get out of here. You just sit there and <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's actually part of the reason I started the YouTube channel. Was it? It's because all these people tell the story and I kept thinking to myself, I love telling that story to the person that I ultimately sell the truck to. So they know where the truck came from. Mm. They know the story. They know the heritage. They know the lineage, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, how cool would it be if we could just get the story from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And then some, somewhere down the road, this truck gets sold in 30 years and they find a video on YouTube and they're like, oh, that was Frank Jen's old Good truck from Medford, Oregon. Holy cow. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Anyway, so that's yep. why I kind of why I started the channel to try and preserve those stories from the from the actual person that owned them. You, a lot of them are one owners. And you just recently found what kind of looks like maybe one of your one of your best finds in down in California here a little oh, bit ago. Man, that's yeah. It's probably I mean, hard it's, to rate them your finds. But. It's a really nice truck, and it's a really sad story. Um, and it happens more often than not nowadays, where I get a call from somebody and someone passes away, and they're like, "We don't know what to do with this. We see you do internationals. Yeah, would you please come?" make a deal or whatever on this thing. And I, it, the funny story was I talked to the guy that owned that truck. His, his wife's father bought it brand new out of Auburn, California. And he restored it back in the nineties and painted it, but it's all original color. It's all original interior. It's a really nice truck. You saw it's a really nice truck. And I talked on the phone and, and what had happened was the engine was having problems with the, he had fuel injection on it. it was having problems. He took it to a shop. They want to charge him a bunch of money. He didn't have the money. He's in his eighties. And he's like, yeah, I just, I'm going to sell it the way it is. Just make me an offer. And so we kind of negotiated a deal. And about a week or so later, I was kind of waiting for a call to say, Hey, this is when you're supposed to come down and get it. And here's my address, yada, yada, yada. About two weeks go by and his wife calls me and she's like, yeah. Uh, so JT passed away in his sleep oh, last week. I go, I just talked to him last week. She goes, yeah, like three days after you talked to him and passed away. She's like, he wrote everything down though. I have it all here. Wow. That's how I got your number. Wow. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm wow. so sorry. And so I ended up going and buying it. I paid her what I was going to pay him and everything was 
you know, the same deal, but yeah. just, it, it kind of tags at your, tugs at your heartstring. Cause it's like, I just talked to this guy last week. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that'll be a good one. Um, that'll be on YouTube. I assume you'll, yep. you'll document yep. some, if you guys want to, if you guys want to check out Mr. Ben and some of his wizardry and his ways, <laughs> why don't you, uh, why don't you share with the listeners what, uh, where uh, they can find 406 you? garage on Instagram, 406 garage.com, or you just ask Luke's wife. She apparently knows the address. <laughs> no, then, she no. doesn't work. Oh, keeping she does the address from her. It's on lock and key. Well, after the, after the podcast, you're pretty much screwed. Uh, yeah. And then uh, 406 garage on YouTube. Cool. So, yeah. Cool. I had one last question. When you're, um, when you're working on these vehicles, do you upgrade all the, like the suspension and the brakes and stuff too, or do you keep that original? It depends on how bad it is. A lot of the early internationals had four wheel drum brakes, which if serviced properly are still really good. If they're, if the dirt and the mice and the cracks and everything's gotten in there and they're kind of bad, we do a lot of Chevy axle swaps. The 70s Chevy axles are basically the same and you can put four-wheel disc brakes on them. So a lot of times we'll put Chevy axles under them, which is, I mean, they're all Dana axles, but it just the Chevy ones happen to have disc brakes all the way around. A little bit easier to get parts for. I so, got you. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Good 406 stuff. Garage. Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you came and said, I, we're so far apart. I, I didn't think in a thousand years you'd ever get to sit down for a minute. And, uh, Hey man, we've seen <laughs> each other twice in like 90 days. I know after, you know, we're, uh, yeah, that's going to put us uh, early in the fall. We'll have to get together again to keep this 90 day right. thing <laughs> going out on. for the Brooks show. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> or we'll have to deliver Luke's truck to his wife. Yeah. Oh man, I, he just put one on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I, it's the last thing in the world that I need to buy. But I'm like, oh man oh, and, and my problem is my wife has no she's just like yeah that's awesome that wouldn't be and Julia's the same way like that would be that would be great wouldn't you love it yeah <laughs> well, just think about having an old one ton flatbed dually four wheel drive uh, pulling the sheep trailer you know yeah. going down the road <laughs> like it looks well, the trailer looks as old as the truck does well here's the thing <laughs> my wife my wife has this she has this vintage clothing shop uh-huh. um, she's got some some things going on with it that I think she's going to need to be a little bit more uh, business organized. I mean, she's going to have to start paying taxes. Oh. Right. Trees, <laughs> you got to start spending money somewhere else if you don't want to pay the taxes. But a, a nice, you know, patinaed, vintage looking um, internationals. Yeah. So what we've done that with could a lot obliterate of, her whole income for the year, so she has zero tax. Perfect. <laughs> what we've done for a couple of people like that that's worked out really well is I have a um, an old guy that does really good hand done pinstriping, and he'll paint the logo on the door of whatever her logo is, and then go back in and wet sand it and kind of you know patina it so oh. the logo looks like it's been there for a long time. And you put that on the door or you put on the side, whatever the truck He's is. He's doing this on purpose. No, He's putting all this in on purpose. We've done it for a landscaper. I've done it for a sprinkler guy. I've done it for a contractor. And they show up in these cool old trucks with the old patina logo. I mean, imagine being, you guys don't deal no, with this, but imagine being a sprinkler guy, right? Yeah. And, you, and you own a sprinkler company and your job is landscaping the sprinklers. And you go out every weekend or every week and you do bids for people all over wherever you live. And you probably drive an F four fifty or an F three fifty with a service bed and right. it's a dually with aluminum like wheels. Yeah, and yeah, it's ninety thousand dollars. It's yeah. beautiful, right? Yeah. It's a lariat. Yeah. Imagine all those guys come to your house and you get four or five bids and they all show up in a brand new truck. And then Luke 
owns a sprinkler company. Luke shows up in a 73 International ah, flatbed. That's a good point. With this old patina logo. That's a good point. Which guy are you going to remember and which guy's bid are you going to actually yeah. want to probably take? You're going to feel like he needs it. So she's, well, she's got this kind of pinup looking girl logo. That might look really cool. That's her logo. Check it out. Oh, yeah. It would look kind of cool awesome. on a door, wouldn't it? Like that pinup looking girl. And have it all hand painted and everything. Yeah, well, sounds like something's going to happen <laughs> at some point for you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad to finally meet Luke because I met you and talked to you yeah. a bunch. And yeah, yep. my, my boys walked up and they're like, how are we going to know which one's Luke? And I go, well, he's going to look a lot like Jackson. His beard's going to be a little shorter and he'll probably have a little bit much, maybe more or less hair. The We had a comment or two. I've had a comment on, I don't know, I think it was a podcast or YouTube or what, but they said that if you're trying to figure out how to know the difference between Luke and I, it would be like standing at the grocery store and seeing the name brand product and then the generic <laughs> brand product. And that I'm I'm the generic brand product and Luke is the name brand product. Right? Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> so anyway, Ben, appreciate it again. Thanks for coming well, thanks on. Thanks for and, having uh, me. It's great being here. Enjoy the show, man. It's been a great truck show. Good seeing you guys. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ben. Yep. Sweet. I got one more, Luke. Come on in, man. Come on in. Sit it on down, Seminole. I, I affectionately call this one Seminole. Mr. Nolan Ward. Yep. Put those uh, Put those right on. Oh, man. He's struggling. There, he's got it. I got it. Don't yeah. Worry. Now, talk right into that mic. Get it right up close. Um, yeah, you can scoot, pull, your, scoot forward. your chair forward a little. There we go. Man, this is uh, this will be guest number three at the truck show. Here number three, Nolan. It's good to meet you, Nolan. Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Passed you a couple times going to the grocery store, you know, stuff like that. Was I like on a pedal bike or? No, you were like walking. Oh, I was walking. On lunch break. Oh, and Shoto. Yeah. Going Shoto. through Shoto. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He's too yeah. scared. He's like, I saw Luke again today, but I didn't say anything. Yeah. I was like, well, why not? Oh, I think you'd be mad at me or something. <laughs> no one, the best, the best thing to do in that situation is when you're at that four way stop and I'm crossing in front of you, right when I'm directly in front of that truck, just hit that horn real yeah. good. <laughs> right when I'm in front of your truck, that's a good way to get my yeah. attention. <laughs> Give you a little, a little blast. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys. So this is Nolan Ward. Nolan Ward is a cow trucking machine. You want to talk about a guy that can eat some miles, play Pac-Man all night long out there on them lonesome highways. It is Nolan Ward. <laughs> and how's that for an introduction? It's a good one. Pretty Nolan, good. where are you from? Well, I live in Shoto now. You're you're in Shoto. Yeah. Are you getting married new or just got married? I am. Yeah. In yeah, couple, three weeks. Couple weeks. Few all weeks. right. So I've had a bunch of people in my dental chair talking about you lately. Oh, that's good. Hopefully. Going, hey, there's this guy that I think works with your brother that's getting married. Oh. I'm like, oh. what's his name? Ah, maybe Nolan or something. Was this, this the Hooderites in your chair? A couple of them, a couple of them in Hooderites. Hooderites. Yeah. He's probably Hooderites. dead. Ted Waldner, in fact. Ted Waldner in the chair. <laughs> yeah. Nolan's getting married. Yeah, so, okay. So now, man, this has all just come together. Perfect. Like then you're just getting the full circle. Yeah, this is why right. I want him to be guest number three because so it's three so weeks full circle. Getting married, huh? Yep. First marriage? No. Okay. Second. Second. First one. First one was third. As we'll say, second marriage. First one was it's a little. My first one. My wife passed away. Wife passed away. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so this is pretty cool. I I am amazed that you you especially you you were able to find somebody that's so such a good match for you and uh, help you kind of pick things up and his girl from Shoto that you're marrying. Yep. Yeah. Who yep. is it? Uh, Leanna Jones. You know her. Yeah. Well, okay. Congratulations. Let's see. Uh, the connection you'd know would be that Leanna's sister is married to Dennis Skinner's son, son. one of his boys. 
So there you go. There you go. All right. So that would be a connection for you that you made. And um, Nolan, let's see. So Nolan is the first guest of the three we've had on today that actually is 100% full-time trucking man, makes his entire living from the seat of his Peterbilt. For you. <laughs> well, confirming. So we're three for three on the Pete's. Three for three on the Pete's, yeah. I t- actually, yeah, Nolan, his backup truck is an international, aerodynamic international, but it stays in the way back. He drove it one time, made the most money he's ever made driving it. Bought it for like $15,000, put like $1,000 into it, hauled like 10 loads of cattle with it, and then he parks it back in the back. I don't know, ask me why. The only time I've driven it is when I blew over. <laughs> oh, so here we go, over, you guys. The only time I this is here you go. This is where you're going to recognize <laughs> Nolan from now. I don't even know what episode we talked about this story four. on. Is episode four. So this was way. This is this is almost a year ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Nolan, uh, Nolan was the driver, the uh, I should say, the owner operator that was uh, pulling cattle for me. That uh, met a fateful gust of wind out there uh, on the Rocky Mountain front line one day. About a 90 mile an hour gust of wind uh, yep. grabbed him and his truck and his trailer and not so tenderly laid them over into the ditch. And the best part of this whole story was, and now that everybody's going to hear you know, from Nolan, it's on video. <laughs> the whole thing's on video. Now, let me explain because everyone's like, oh, these guys on their phones all the time. We use a, a, a video messaging app uh, called Marco Polo, which is, you bloody probably know about it, but. Basically, rather than trying to text or call back and forth, you can you can just set your phone up on your dash, push record, and as you're driving down the road, just dictate a message. And, it, and it's, it's a low-resolution video that it sends to the person you're messaging. And so I had encouraged all the guys to start using this app to stay in touch rather than texting. Um, and so that Nolan was sending me a, a Marco Polo video uh, telling me that he's in a, in a situation that felt a little uncomfortable and... He's like, in the video, he's like, I, oh, man, man oh, the, trailer, the trailer just came off the ground. Man, that was crazy. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And as he's sitting here just going down the road, you just, you just see it all of a sudden on his face first. And then he goes, I'm going on. He's like telling me. He's like, play by play. I'm going over. I'm going over. And then all of a sudden, the whole cab tilts. Everything goes haywire. And the phone magically lands camera up. So it's still recording now from the from the 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 passenger landed on the passenger door and it's, and it's filming up now and, and Nolan's kind of climbing up and you can see him push the door open. And the second the door comes up, you can't hear anything just because the wind was just raging. And, uh, and, uh, I, and then the phone's just recording and, uh, I, it was a very dramatic time for me, of course, cause I'm worried about Nolan. But Nolan at the time was also pulling my nicest trailer that I had. And so this, I couldn't help but you're like, you're okay. Yeah, he's okay. I can see he's okay. He's climbing out of the truck. I'm like, trailer? Probably not. Not a truck? Probably not quite as okay. <laughs> it definitely well, wasn't. Best way to make it not your nicest trailer real quick. <laughs> right? I wish we still had that one. Man. I know. You that know? was a good old trailer. It's <laughs> a good so, old trailer. So, yeah, we did talk about what I'm curious on is after, what happens afterward. You're, you're on the side of the road with your truck tipped over. Do you, right. do you have any cell phone reception out there? Because I know where it happened. I don't get reception out there. So what did you do after that? Oh, I, I got out and I'm pretty sure I called Jackson first. 
like because I knew I sent the Marco to him, so I knew it was gonna freak okay. him out. Probably call anybody. Was... I'm the first. I'm like the first point of contact. Doesn't call. So I just I called just... him first, and then I called the police to say it because I was blocking the road. I was blocking half the road, mm. and now I there... stood out there and tried to stand, tried to stay standing straight up because it was. I mean, it was hard. I had a I had to stand at an angle leaning into the wind because the wind was blowing so hard. <laughs> Nolan's Nolan's trial though has brought a lot of good knowledge to a lot of truckers because we were able to share <laughs> after this. So did they did they bring a wrecker out to get you up right away or was it too windy to even get anyone out there to help? Uh, they brought a wrecker out and they yanked my truck off huh. the road and oh, they yeah. left it laying there for about five days huh. and then they came out and tipped it up and drug her in. So so Nolan gets tipped over, they drag it off the road, and of course someone eventually comes to pick him up. And you have to think for a moment, what are all the things that I should get out of my truck? What, what should I take care of? Because this, this windstorm just kept going on. Like, it just blew for days. And uh, Nolan, of course, gets all of his personal items and belongings out of his truck and then goes home and uh, leaves his truck sitting. And his truck tipped over. You can't, all you can see is the underside of his truck, right? Wheels and tires and gas tanks. Uh, you can't see his name on the truck or anything. But the, of all the things I, I wanted Nolan to somehow destroy he did not, which was the porch light. We call them a porch light on a cattle trailer, which has my name just says Alan right on it. Just right on the side of the road for five days. They left it there. And, and I don't know how many messages and texts and I get pictures <laughs> from people. Is this yours? I'm like, yep. Is it? So lesson, another little uh, afterthought lesson is if you do wreck a trailer, go don't you it's wrecked. Go kick the porch light in with your feet. And destroy the porch lights so that at least it's un. Uh, who is this? Nobody knows. So uh, yeah. porch light. People who don't understand that, if you start paying attention when you pass cattle trucks yeah. on the road, and up above the cab of the semi, up on the trailer, up on the top there, there's going to be a lit up little light that usually tells you whose truck it is. Yep. Why do we have porch lights? This is a question I get all the time, Nolan. Why do we have porch lights? I would imagine so when you go. As a group, so if you tell us that we got to go somewhere and there's four of us going, we can say they can look at us and say, "Oh, Allen Trailers, okay, those are my guys." Yep. Except for now, I didn't really think about it. I purposely, I thought it was just because I just had the trailer that didn't have a porch light, but I think it's he gave me that one because I tipped the last one over. Yeah. So the trailer that he took over after this one is a trailer with no sign on it, so it's just a generic. Can't you don't know who it is. Mm. So I thought, well, if Nolan tips over again, then I won't have to deal with it. It's just advertising, <laughs> pride, ego. You know, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's for advertising. Um, it is a huge sense of pride. I remember the first time having like a name on a trailer or whatever, and it's funny because it's just this moment. Now you don't think anything of it, but that first couple of weeks. Well, let me like, ask you, wow. advertising. How does this work with advertising? Because there's no contact information. Right. There's no. It just <laughs> says Alan. So Google Alan. You just would know. You just know, like, so-and-so has a lot of trailers around Montana. I see that name all the time. And that's, that's what most people say. Oh, I've seen that name before. But it is not for advertising, I guess, because there is no contact form. Yeah. Um, I would say in the cattle trucking world, more than any other segment of trucking, they use owner-operators more heavily, it seems like, than most of the other sectors of the, econ- of the industry. Um, meaning, you know, Billy Bob Express leases on to Allen you know, livestock. And, um, so you do send trucks to places and cattle buyers have to pick trucks up. 
And so as the dispatch guy, you do, you can just say, Hey, just look for a, there'll be an Allen truck. I got we don't have to know exactly what well, on the door it says this or that. You just say it's an Allen truck. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, so where'd you grow up at then, Nolan? I grew up in Idaho. Yeah. Okay. How'd you end up in Montana? Uh, I'm actually originally from Lewistown. Oh, you are? Yep. Okay. How'd you get meet Jackson then? How'd you guys get hooked up? How did we meet? Um, Do you remember? No one was one of those names that was kind of in the wind. Um, I, yeah. You kind of heard of him, knew of him. Uh, I first heard of Nolan, had my eye on him for a while because he was he was driving for a guy from from our town and uh, started hauling cattle for a guy from our town. And then a little bit later, bought truck from the guy that he was hauling cattle for. And then that's when I was like, man, because I knew he had a lot of experience. He was a good operator, been around for a long time. And I thought if I could ever somehow get him onto my side... It's always hard because you have people that you see and you're like, man, I would like that guy to come, come work with me. But trying to, the strategy behind trying to get him, because my, like my deal doesn't have, it doesn't have a lot to offer, I guess, is in the typical bull hauler way. Most guys want the newest equipment and the most lights you can find. But those are also the same owner operators that typically don't stay with the company for more than maybe a season. Yeah. You know, like most of these guys that have the new nice uh, trailers and lit up, they're like a revolving door. It's like in, out, in, out, in, out. And I, I never wanted to be a part of that. I don't want guys that are like that. It's just too much of a headache and hassle. So I purposefully would kind of, the young hot rod types, I was like, you should go call. You know, I know the guys they should call. I give them those phone numbers. But the guys that are like, this guy looks like he's, you know, kind of over the hill of, it's all about the, the shine and the blind and they're a little bit more business minded and conscious rather than just the lifestyle. They're looking a little more business um, direction, I guess. Um, and no one was one of those. So, so I kind of was, uh, was hunting him there. And then um, you had kind of been in a, in a tight spot with the passing of your wife, mm -hmm. which was um, just kind of a, a freakish health event. And next thing you know, she's gone. Yep. I mean, just that quick. And uh Nolan had been uh, doing really well for himself in the flatbed world. And of course, in order to flatbed in Montana, you need to be able to go out for, for at least 14 days, three weeks at a time for yeah. the most part. I mean, you really got to get out there. You can't, you can't be home every two or three days. And uh, Nolan was in a spot with his, with his girls, uh, with his young family that he kind of needed to be around fairly regularly, you know, just cause you know, so much change had just recently happened in his life. So, I, I was, I was, it was sad. I mean, it was a sad thing. So I was feeling really, I mean, I had a lot of compassion thinking, man, what a trying to imagine what it was like to be in your shoes. And, uh, at the time I think I'd had kind of an opening, uh, was in a transition spot with one of my guys or two of my guys. And I thought, you know what? I bet Nolan, this would be a good time. Cause he could just run out and straight back to Montana. He doesn't have to be out on the road, just run a load out and come on back. And so we kind of started slow yep. like that. And uh, as you got settled and, over been two, three years, three years, yeah. three years. Wow. I can't believe it's been that long. He gave me the worst trailer to start um, with. Yeah. He didn't trust me probably. Yeah. You kind of start at the bottom <laughs> and you're like, well, this is the one that's just sitting here, you know, <laughs> take it and go out and back. And it didn't take very long before Nolan was in my best trailer blown over on the side of the road. So, <laughs> yep. so he climbed the ranks very quickly. But that was our busiest year. Okay. So it was, it was like, it was, you know, 
it was a bad end of the year, but I mean, we had a good year. But, oh, before man, that. that was that was the year that kind of broke me to hauling cattle. That was the year that I kind of broke my mind because I did a lot of so many loads that year. Oh, it was brutal. Uh, but um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where Nolan came in, and uh, it's been a been a good hand, been a good help, and a huge. Uh, he he's the first guy to always let me know when we don't get a, a podcast out on time immediately. Because so you've been I, talking, I'm on lately. the road all the time. So yeah, he's been sending yeah. me a lot of messages lately. I should know your we, number. We have, I've got. <laughs> there's a couple people on Instagram that let me know. Yeah. Usually, if if, if I have to go out on a Wednesday night, I'll, I'll give you guys Wednesday night. But if it ain't out Thursday, then I'm gonna message Jackson like this drive would sure be a lot nicer. And he told and he told <laughs> me to because he it. just did a two thousand mile turnaround in two days and a few hours. So he was screaming to get back for the truck show because I asked him. I said, "Would you ever want to come sit in? I think just have a quick chat." And he got this load. Was it was Tuesday night? When or no Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday. He yeah. left Great Falls Wednesday night. At eight o'clock, yeah, to Grand Island, Nebraska, and back here, and he's here now. And if you start doing the math on that, you'll see that Nolan probably on the run from the law still. I got stopped today. You did get stopped. Yeah, yeah they and did. inspected. Did they and check your? Did he even ask for your logbooks? Yep. He did ask for your logbooks. Yep. Oh no! How'd you get around that? I'm a local hauler. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I just ran down to Billings last night, sir. Exactly. <laughs> I tell you what, you guys, when you're hauling cattle, you gotta you gotta tell a few white lies because uh and they know. He just yeah. asks because but once knows. you're in it, you're in it. You gotta yeah. you gotta keep it up. You, gotta, <laughs> you know, Nolan, we we have the best intentions to get something out every week and there are times oh. we cannot make it. We just can't seem to get it. Yeah. But I was talking to Jackson on the phone today while he was driving to Great Falls and I was driving to Great Falls and we got on a subject. I said, wait, let's just talk about this on the podcast. And I said, why don't we just start recording our phone calls for our podcast? <laughs> yeah. Because there'll be times we'll be on the phone with each other for an hour talking about a range of things. And as we're talking about, we ought to, we ought to talk about it on the podcast sometime. Yeah. We ought to just record our phone call you should. And, and release yeah. those things unedited and just be like, here you go. Here's it's a like, little extra. Yeah. If you can't get one out, just fill it in that week with that one. Here's a little behind the scenes, everybody. That would be much better than just a, than a nothing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even if it's like a bonus Friday video. A little bonus. Might make up for the next week that won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, it's good, Nolan. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming in. You got any advice for, uh, for a young trucker out there? Anything you've been thinking about? Any kind of... Man, I don't know. It's here's my best advice. I think that I realize more and more all the time. Just put this out there. Work ethic. Yep. Work ethic. Just nose of the grind. My thing that you've always shown is there's been times where I've asked you for loads to go do loads. And I'm like, Oh, like, I don't want to ask. Cause I know like, mm -hmm. I'm like, no one's, no one's been rolling. And I don't like, I don't want to ask him this, but sometimes cattle hauling necessitates asking questions that, you shouldn't ask and asking people to do things that they shouldn't have to do. Yeah. And, uh, you've always, you've always been really good at answering the call and, and doing the deal. What, how do you, how do you do that when you don't want to do that? Where do you, how do you find it to, to go on? I think it's just, I mean, ah, man, you just got to work hard. Like, I mean, just knowing that you own that truck out there, and it's going to cost you money, whether it's sitting in the driveway mm -hmm. or whether it's on the road. So it'd cost you a little less sitting in the driveway, but you ain't making no money with it either. 
So if you got to keep going, you got to keep the wheels moving to make any money with it for mm-hmm. it to pay for itself. And how about how about load consistency? I mean, you might not want to take this load because you've already taken three this week to Nebraska. But what could happen in, in a month from now? Yeah, exactly. You yep. might not have loads. That's kind of how it is. I'm well. You know, it's our slow time it's of slow year. Season. So every load I get, it's a, it's it's a well, I got to go. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. Even yeah. though it comes in at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, sometimes at night. Right. I still, you just got to go. Gotta do it. You don't know if next week's going to be just all dry or if we're going to have two loads pop up that we got to get covered. Right. No one, how'd you get into trucking? Oh, I started driving on the farm when I was pretty young. So farming in Lewistown or Idaho? In Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Right. I started driving on the farm and then I, I drove in the oil field for a little bit too. And I uh, drove on a harvest crew for a little bit once I moved to Montana after after I was in the oil field for a little bit there. And then I just kind of just decided I kind of wanted to buy my own truck instead of driving for other people. And I bought my international and right after I bought it, I kind of figured out that I might not know what I need to know towing a truck. So I parked my own. I made the decision to park my truck and go drive for another guy for a couple of years and learn, learn the ropes before I made any major mistakes that I couldn't, that would just knock me completely out of the industry. Yeah, like me and Keith, we're talking about with our first trucks, just being these unbelievable expensive disasters. <laughs> Nolan didn't really have that because he, you know, you, you're like, yeah, yeah I'm going to hold up and learn a few more things. Hey, were you in Williston or Watford City when the I oil was in fields? Watford City, yeah. What years? Do you remember? Oh, I was there in 11 and 12 and then again in 14, okay. I think. I was over there like 13, 14, Watford City. Yeah. Like I was there before Watford City really like all of a sudden grew real big. Like they were in the process of building a little bit of the truck route around, but no buildings out there. Yeah. And then when I went back in 14, I think it was 14. It could have been 13. It was just all exploded. Like, I mean, it, everything had gotten way big. So they, I mean, it's almost, you almost had to see it to believe it. The amount of semis out oh, there, yeah. like just this little farm town, thousands of semis going through the intersection a day. Yeah. I mean, literally, <laughs> literally thousands right. literally, yeah. of semis going through this little intersection. And one of my favorite stories out there, was there was a farmer out there who had a kind of a, a blind corner close to his place and you're really supposed to slow down. It was all marked decrease in, um, in speed and uh, no, none of these trucks would. So he's got this really dangerous corner with just thousands of semis a day just flying around his little corner here. So he had, he was, all those farmers out there have those giant tractors and those big dry Yeah, line. the big articulated in the middle four-wheel drive. And his just happened to run out of gas or have a mechanical breakdown on a, a real narrow bridge right before that turn. <laughs> and so he, uh, he got out and locked the cab and headed home. <laughs> he just left it there. And he had, he had hundreds of semis backed up in both directions while the sheriffs were coming out trying to get around all those backed up semis and find out whose tractor what's going on and um yeah uh sure enough after that truck started slowing down around that corner started slowing down because they he 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 essentially backed up half a day of all that oil filled traffic oh, oh yeah yeah that'd teach him in a hurry wouldn't it <laughs> it don't take much over there to back up half a day oh oh uh, good 
Well, I think we're uh, we're getting kind of kind of near the end here. All right. Well, Nolan, on. yeah, pleasure to meet you, man. Yeah. Say hi to me next time on the street. <laughs> Honk your horn. Scare me. Usually, like I said, usually we're walking just opposite in the grocery store parking lot. <laughs> well, but I've never officially met you. Well, now so you, yeah, I was now like, you know. It's like you know. Well, I don't know. I'll just keep walking. <laughs> well, now I know. Now I know what you look like. <laughs> yep. Yep. He'll probably come give you a big hug. <laughs> yep. Yeah, big slap on the butt or something. Hey, you know, if I'm home, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. All right, well, thanks well, for coming on. The show, Noel. Appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yep. Thank you. All right, Jay. Well, we are we're at the end of things. Are we? Hey, I got us a podcast sponsor. You did? Yeah. Really? Should have done this at the beginning instead of the end. Yeah. Next one we'll do it at the beginning. Okay. So there's this. Uh, I'm just pulling up the information here so I don't mess this up. There's this um, couple girls started this company called Two Babes, like Two Babes Tees. Okay. And what they're doing is they're, um, they're doing limited runs of hand-dyed organic cotton women's baby tees and tanks. Really 60s and 70s inspired. So if you look back at like, like pictures in the 60s and 70s, like the old hippie girls, there was like this cut of t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, you don't find anymore. Okay. They don't make them like that anymore. So these uh, these girls recreating like I'm you know, I love these t-shirts. I love the old ways. And they're doing um, they you know they collected 60s and 70s graphics that they've liked over time from mm-hmm. old t-shirts they've liked, and they've kind of recreated them on some of these shirts. So they um want to sponsor this podcast. Really? I mean, we we either have female listeners or we have guys that have connections to females. So real good gifts. Why yeah, not? Everybody's got a female in their life. That's so go sure. to, they should start. They're starting selling them this week. It's at love me to X shop.com. Okay. Now I will let everyone in on this. This is my wife <laughs> and her partner mm-hmm. and the sponsorship is they are. My wife watches the twins to allow me to record on this. You know, there's there's so many different aspects that we need to cover as far as to make this happen. And that is a very... So you can have financial help and you can have child help. My yeah. wife happens to be super supportive of this. So, so I'm... Um, it's love me two times. The two X means love me two times. Yep. But actually really, real cool shirts. They They've are. been working yeah. on this for a while and they, um, they're they going to start selling them this week. Limited runs though. Uh-huh. They, um, I think they're going to do these seasonally. This first run, I think there's a, a Mick Jagger shirt. Okay. Um there's and then just a couple other 60s 70s inspired kind of designs yeah. um yeah it'll again it's uh www.loveme2xshop.com check it out if you like it or your girl likes it you better buy it because my wife and her her partner have a pretty significant vintage clothing following so they'll probably sell quick yeah so if you like it don't yeah jump on it don't think about it pull the trigger on it other than that, anything else? We had, we had a lot we were going to just talk about. Yeah, we didn't get to get any of it. I kind of I thought we'd have a little more time and we don't. Um, I'll, I'll tease maybe the next episode. Uh, speaking of two times, I have recently purchased two pieces of equipment, completely sight unseen, a semi and a trailer. And I'm going to go pick them up here this next week, I think. What kind of trailer? Uh, it's a cattle trailer. Cattle trailer. Uh-huh. And uh, I, anyway, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get them. Sight unseen. <laughs> Well, let's just take, we got just a, a few extra minutes. Let's yeah. just take a couple times and update what we've been doing. Okay. I've been, all my sheep are lambing. 
my cows are calving. Oh, you do that at the same time, huh? Sheep uh-huh. and lambs. And, or, yeah, uh, just, sheep and cattle at the in, same time. Like June. Uh-huh. So that's been going on. Everything's been pretty smooth for the most part. We've had a lot of, lot of rain, so pastures are growing a lot. And um, when I'm grazing them, if you don't get them grazed and they grow too much, and then you come back and graze or cut them, they don't grow back as aggressively as they can if you cut them a little sooner mm-hmm. or graze them a little sooner. So I decided to go uh, cut some hay on part of my pastures. It's been raining. It's been, been raining a lot. Our, yeah. our forecast for a period of time was up and down and up and down. Rain. You look at it one hour and it's like rain every hour for the next four days. Yeah. You come two hours later, you look at it and it's like 10% chance of rain tonight at midnight and none for a week. And I mean, it's all over the place. So we've gone for <laughs> almost a week with no rain Ugh. and I, um, and I, none was forecasted. So I decided to see if I could slip it just did, a few acres. Did it happen? I got it cut, got it dried out, got it bailed. And got three inches of rain oh, right on my little square bales. Oh, yeah. You guys, and if, if you don't know about hay, if it's going to get rained on after it's been cut, you do not any other stage other than in the bale when you're making small square bales. <laughs> any other stage. Any other stage. Oh. So what did you end up doing? Oh, rooster, I, rooster made me. We went out one time. We had bailed at the feedlot when we were young. And the stacker, the guy that stacks the hay got hung up. And it was starting to rain as he showed up to stack. And he had some trick where we had to ride around on the hood of the that Ford Escort, actually. Um, we were driving through and we would spread to sprinkle salt on each bale where the bales mm. were going to be buttoned up against each other. And that was to, to dry them, apparently. Well, I, this was beyond that. It was. These were <laughs> three inches of rain. These, so I just have a little baler that does like, you know, 50, 50 pound bales is yeah. about the max that it'll make. And these bales went from 50 pounds to almost, I couldn't lift them oh, onto no. a tree. I couldn't believe how, how waterlogged they were. Up. So heavy. Oh. So heavy. Oh, um, and I can, I can deadlift like 112. Uh-huh. So for me to like, for me to, to not be able to lift these bales, they had to be pretty heavy. At least 115. <laughs> so I, um, no, they were legit heavy. So we ended up, uh, I loaded up a big slog of them. And where I'd had the sheep at, they they were grazed down, so I busted all of them, op- a bunch of them open, and let them eat these yeah. old these wet. They hadn't heated up too much, and the rest of them I cut open and kicked out, just kicked, and I was just gonna let it just be green manure on the pastures. But then it it really started to dry, and it didn't look too bad. So I I rail I raked it a few times and fluffed it up, huh. and it, it bailed up. It's gonna be really low quality junk just hay some, but, yeah. but there's times of the year where get a, it's okay like a super cold snap coming in you can just throw whatever out there when it's nasty cold and like, extra, oh yeah yeah yep. yeah so then we uh we hand gathered hand gathered out of the field and hand stacked them it's a lot of work I, man i don't i just don't care for hand stacking <laughs> so, small square like bales one thing you're like oh can you don't you have a sweep for your skid steer or no like a bale sweep? Yeah, it'll, but it'll, doesn't quite, it'll gather them into a pile out in the field. You still have to load them up. Oh, and gotcha. on oh, a trailer, okay. then take them to where you yeah. stack them, unload them, restack them. Oh, it's a lot of handling, but it makes you strong, it keeps you young. <laughs> it's that, <laughs> it makes you it's old. that line where it, it, 
keeps you young and then all of a sudden it makes you real old. Yeah, like when like you, you, yeah, when does that change? You yeah, you're like, I'm kind of in no man's land. Yeah, I am. Um, uh, I was, and you might think, oh, 50 pound bales. A lot of people are like, oh, we used to do the 90 pound bales. Yeah, but you didn't hand stack them. I guarantee that. I mean, maybe a few of you old, old timers, but most of you use a bale wagon to stack those. And 50 pounds <laughs> doesn't sound, and it's not that much for the first. 15, if 20. If you're feeding like two or three a day, it's not that much. But if you're stacking three or 400 in a day, yeah. It, yeah, it gets you a little tuckered out. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what, that's what I've been, been doing. You've been NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, man, it's been just crazy. I had, um, we did NASCAR, so we, we went out and did Portland. We had, of course, with the new baby, I think last time we recorded, I had just flown home from Portland. Flew back out to Sonoma, California. We were able to do a little... Um, do a race in Sonoma. And then uh, once we got done with Sonoma, we had the 3,000 mile trip back to Charlotte. And uh, race, uh, race didn't go great. Our car had some problems in Sonoma. Fuel pump got weak or something and we didn't run very good. So after you have a terrible race, everyone's all mad. Like everyone's mad. Truck drivers aren't as mad. But it's nice to at least have some kind of exciting motivation to drive 3,000 miles on. But we finished the race three laps down and just... Could, we had a few, anyway, it was just mechanical issues, nothing you can do. But so we got to ride that 3,000 mile train home on a three lap down race where our car just broke down basically. So, but uh, we got back, then I flew from Charlotte back home uh, the other day and had to teach at the auction college. I, I teach an annual course uh, at the auctioneering college, which is kind of fun to be at that part of my auctioneering ways and days that I can do that. But uh, basically, rocketed from there to, to here and, uh, we're recording this podcast on the stage of a, a music set because our band, the Sightliners, is getting ready to play here in about 20 minutes. And with that, we'll sign off. Looks like everyone's Looks starting like to pile in Looks like the bandmates are all piling yep. in. All right. <laughs> Until next time.